welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, and today I am rolling solo. Not in my 5.0 either. Sitting here in the studio all by myself getting ready to do a dynasty startup mock basically with the concept of you know right now there's a lot of dynasty leagues beginning startups uh people looking to get into dynasty leagues and they may be looking to how to approach their dynasty draft um how do they want their league to be run now again we always recommend to have at least a 25 man roster reason being that this will allow your league to have minimum talent in a free agent pool. It will put a lot of uh, value with your rookie draft picks and trades. It will encourage trades more because people can't just go out there and pick up somebody to start uh, any week after injuries. And again, that's what you really want your dynasty league to be. You want it to be a team that you build, that you had your hands all over it. When you win and that success comes down, it's because of you and the hard work that you put into it. And that makes the reward uh, that much better. It's so much more gratifying along those terms. And to do that, that's why you need those big rosters. And a great place to host those uh, sites as well, because we get a lot of questions about, hey, where do, where do we host our site? And that's MyFantasyLeague.com. I uh, want to give those guys a shout-out over there, uh, our friends over there, MyFantasyLeague.com. If you don't use that to host your site, we definitely strongly recommend to get on there, set up a league, look at everything they have to offer, and uh, test it out before you go. I think it ends up, if you're in a 12-man league, it's like 3 bucks a person. And it's worth it because your league's open all year long. It's, everything's very transparent. It keeps track of your rookie picks, uh, rookie trades, all your trades over the years. And the most important thing is it has your taxi squad, which I'll get into in a minute. Uh, and my fantasy league, again, it has the option to be on there all year long. Right now, it's March. Well, yeah, it's still March. And you can get on there, and you can go make a trade. You can go check out your team. You can check out free agency. It gives you so many different options. And, again, it doesn't matter what kind of rules you want to start or establish in your league. It has that option there. And for rules, I'm not, I'm not going to really get into rules of how to run your league because that should be a majority decision. Our bylaws are on DynastyNerds.com. If you click on our bylaws, they're up there. They show you exactly how we run our leagues. We actually go 30-man rosters. We even go a little bit deeper to make it a little bit harder to have uh, a free agent be on there that's going to bring back solid return. So... uh Back to the taxi squad and why you should have a taxi squad is it's strictly because you want to make these rookie picks valuable. And a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick is a whole little value because you don't want to draft a guy that you're not even going to be able to hold on to your roster because he doesn't have time to develop. Some of these players, like, you know, even though DeAndre Smelter, any tight ends, quarterbacks, they need time to develop. And you shouldn't just have to hold a spot on your roster for them when you have veterans that you want to keep. And you shouldn't be forced to cut a third-round pick or a second-round pick just strictly because they can't help you now. This is dynasty. It's long-term. It's a commitment. You want these players to stick around. So you have a taxi squad. We used to call it a practice squad about 10 years ago. And you have those players on there. You can pick how long you can have a rookie on there. For example, in the Dynasty Nerds League and all our podcast listener leagues, we have it set up so the taxi squad's only allowed for rookies that you draft. Not free agent rookies or somebody in the two-year two window in that frame. Only the players that you draft or trade the rights for, the draft rights for. And you can keep them on your taxi squad for up to two years. You can bring them off and put them back on the taxi squad at your own leisure. You know, every time you bring them up from your practice squad, you got to cut somebody. So, again, the taxi squad allows you to have a rookie down there, let him develop, you can use it. For, you can use it strategically as well. Bring them back up. Bring them back down. I know uh, Matt, who's not here today, he always likes to draft a kicker every two years because that way he can have his backup kicker on his taxi squad, and not really holding a roster spot for him. And when he needs them, he brings them up and then he puts them back down instead of having two kickers on his roster, which I'm sure not a lot of people do. 
But I mean, you know, if you have somebody like a Mason Crosby or somebody that you don't really want to cut, a pretty good cooker like Justin Tucker, and you don't want to roster two cook- kickers, it's a good way to go. Uh, so the taxi squad is a really solid, very solid way to go. And myfantasyleague.com is definitely the way to go about doing, doing that. So whether or not you want to run a super flex league, tight end premium league, however you want to go about doing it, how many flex spots you want to have, you want to have 12 of them, go ahead and do it and sign up with uh, myfantasyleague.com and I'll help you out there. So then another, another thing that's going to happen is you're starting your draft up. How do I build my initial dynasty team? And if you're used to just doing redraft, then it's a completely different experience. A guy like Jamal Charles, he's, he's going to drop pretty low, pretty low for you. And a good way to definitely get some practice here beforehand, what I would definitely recommend before you actually dive into your draft, is do a mock draft. And we actually host mock drafts on DynastyNerds.com uh, via Twitter. Get up at DynastyADPKyle. He is our ADP guru. And Kyle runs all our mock drafts for us and gives us gets all the data for ADP, which are March ADPs coming out either today or this weekend, the latest. And I'm actually going to be doing my mock draft off of that ADP today. So if you follow at Dynasty ADP Kyle, he'd be more than happy to get you and as many mock drafts as you want. It's a great practice. Even if you've been playing for like 10 years, I still like to do it. I still like to be in there and see, you know, even when I do your rank, you do your rankings or you think that you pick, you like you have this player ranked higher but when the pressure comes on and you're on the clock and you got to take one of these guys it, it changes sometimes and again sometimes when you're building a team your rankings might be a little skewed as well so it's good to see where your players stand uh and where their value really is amongst the dynasty community and that's why adp is so important because it shows you we have our rankings but it shows you what the community is thinking our ADP is based off of four mock drafts with 12 people in each one. So, again, that's going to show you exactly what the people think of David Johnson or T.Y. Hilton or Kelvin Benjamin right now or Drew Brees. So, you can get on DynastyNerds.com and check out the ADP. Again, I'm going to be doing this mock draft based off of that as well. So, how do I build my teams? How do I like to build my teams? And... I go with the classic approach. If you want to build around young receivers, as tantalizing as it is to have Todd Gurley on the board there or Le'Veon Bell or my boy Ezekiel Elliott, I got to pass. I got to pass. I, I have to build around young receivers. I want that long-term value there, okay? I want to be able to plug and play rookie running backs in future drafts because that's all I really need because. I have stud receivers, and I'm, I'm stacked everywhere else. Again, some people, some people minimize a four-year window. When we use that running back, hashtag two to three-year three windows, which isn't a long time, but four years, I mean, just think about where you were five years ago, all right, and what your life was like five years ago. Think about it. Five years in a dynasty league, in a fantasy football league, is a lifetime. A lifetime. Go back. If your dynasty league is over five years old, okay, heck, if your dynasty league is three years old, go back and look at your starting your starting lineup week one three years ago, five years ago, and see how much stuff has changed, how different your team may be. Yeah, you still have those linchpins in there. You know, you still have those Julio Jones and Drew Brees there, but again, rosters they they shuffle on a nonstop basis. So the more consistency you have, the better off your team is not only going to be and put you in a position to make better trades. It's going to help you win championships. It's going to allow you to draft best player available and not make you reach during a rookie draft. It's going to let you make really great trades because you're just keep reloading on your roster because you could take that best player available and you're not reaching for those Bishop Rankies. So again, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. And some people say, hey, Rich, why why, why receivers over running backs? Running backs are great. They're hard to come by. And I said earlier, I mean, you can draft rookie running backs. You can plug and play them. A rookie running back can give you instant return. Not every year you get these Odell Beckhams, these Sammy Watkins, Amari Coopers. They are going to come in and help you out at receiver right away. That's more of a rarity. 
than a common thing. And it's only really happened over the last couple of years. Before that, it's like, oh, look at Anquan Bolden was somebody that gave you a good return as a rookie. It's, it's usually hard to come by. So even this year, none of these receivers I expect to give me an instant return. I mean, Josh Dotson's explosive, and maybe he can give me some solid games, but I don't expect any of these guys to be consistent enough where I can actually shove them into my starting lineup. So a receiver is going to give you anywhere from 6 to 10 years of startability, okay? Kind of like a quarterback can give you 10 years. Again, that's why quarterbacks, and you'll see in this draft, uh, the value of quarterback, or at least where I value quarterbacks, and why you don't take a quarterback high. It's one of my rules. I won't take a quarterback before, below before round five. I mean, Andrew Luck's tempting, but and what's the difference of points of Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson? Or somebody who has more ups, you know, some good upside. And you only start unless you're in a super flex league. There's only 12 starting quarterbacks. So they're, th- they're there. You can wait on a quarterback and get a good return and still sit on that guy for a very long time. Now, a running back, they come and go. Le'Veon Bell is one of the top running backs in the league. He missed most of last year. He's been hurt every single year. I love Le'Veon Bell. He's my number two, arguably number, you know, possibly number three, because we'll see how Zeke turns out. Overall dynasty running back. But again, I mean, you, you pop that guy out of there, and they, they get running backs get hurt. They get hurt all the time. Not to say receivers get hurt, but one bad knee injury, well, that's true for anybody. They're out of there. So is these receivers, not only do they give you longer production, they stay healthier as well. They're more reliable in your lineup. So I'm a firm believer in drafting good tight ends. I'm also, or not tight ends, receivers, but going to tight ends, I'm a firm believer in a startup rookie draft or in any dynasty league. I'm doing what I can to acquire one of the top three top tier tight ends. I really think it's essential and important to have a really good tight end. It gives you such an advantage over your opponent. A lot of people have good running backs, good receivers. But those tight ends, they're so few and far between. Now, I know free agency this year kind of helped out a little bit with the Kobe Fleener signing, Dwayne Allen getting a little bit more free there. The, the tight end position looks more vast going into 2016. But when it comes down to it, there's no, there's no guys that really blow me away. So, again, that's why Gronk is so important. That tight end, if you're getting a tight end that's giving you double-digit points on a consistent basis, that's going to propel you into the playoffs. That could be that slight edge you need in the playoffs when you get to the championship round or the semifinals where face-to-facts, everybody, if you're there, you're facing a good team. You're a good team, so you need that edge. What is going to give you that edge? I always feel like that tight end is going to give you that edge, okay? If somebody has a tight end that's averaging 7 to 10 points and you have a av- tight end that's averaging about 15 points right around there, then those extra five points will be the difference maker. Because how many times have you seen it in a fantasy matchup? Somebody losing by one point, two points. How many times has that happened to you? I lost a championship by one point. I beat Juan, who's in our nerds league, one year on a blocked extra point for the championship, for the ship. That's how what it came down to. And I've seen it tons of time. I know I told that story about my uh, uh, Sean, who's in the nerds league, in our redraft league, where he came in second, like nine out of 10 years. I also failed to mention which is crazy as, as crazy as it was that he came in second place nine out of ten years. He made all those games. Out of seven of those, I believe, it was either lost by one point or, or tied and lost a tiebreaker. That's a true story, folks. True story. So let's get into it. This is a, a mock draft, which I'm going to do amongst myself. How do you say I'm going to do such a thing? I'm going off our February ADP, which just got emailed to me yesterday. So I have all this fresh data. It's very up-to-date as it is. You can get to DynastyNerds.com and follow along. If it's not up today, I promise you it will be up this weekend. Uh, you can go back and re-listen or check it out to see who was available and who could I have picked. And I'll try and give some uh, options here as well. I'll kind of go into detail for the first 10 rounds. I'll give you the synopsis of, say, a 20-round draft and what my what my roster would look like with my strategy or my theory of going into it based on what I just told you all right and this is how I would approach it and how I think I can come up with the best dynasty team not only for today but for long term 
And speaking of that, you want to make sure, you know, you see too many people that say, well, I'm only, I'm not drafting anybody over the age of 25, 26. I'm going to draft a good young team when they all come together. I'm going to dominate this league for seven years. No, how no often that happens. Pfft, not very often at all. A lot of times it's going to end up screwing you because not everybody's going to pan out. All right. Injuries are going to happen. People are just going to bust out. They're going to leave by a free agency and get a different scheme. And then what are you left with? You're left with shambles. You gotta, you're got you already in a rebuild mode. You shouldn't do that. You should. You should you, I understand you want to stay, stay young, definitely early in the draft. I promote trying to stay young early in the draft. But sometimes, you know, when Adrian, Peterson, Adrian Peterson's sitting there, you got to take him. That's the way it works out sometimes. You know, somebody might argue with who my first player is going to pick here that age age was a difference maker. But again, four years. If you have four, you know, one guy to say, hey, I have eight years left of Odell Beckham. I only have like about four years left of Julio Jones. Again, four years is a lifetime. If you win four championships in a row in your dynasty league, you're going to be a legend. A legend. People, your friends will speak your name in high regard. You will be a guru. You'll be writing for DynastyNerds.com. Heck, you might be co-hosting the show with me. Four years. It's forever. So when somebody says they only have four years left, I'll take four years. Give it to me. And I've got, I have a classic example of somebody who I'm going to take here uh, later. I, I spent about an hour before the show to do this and went down through all the picks uh, to see who I wanted and debated. I gave it because I gave it pretty good thought about who I wanted to draft in this this. Uh, startup drafts and what i did to, to make it fair is i took the sixth pick in this uh draft so I'm, i just put myself smack in the middle and see where i was and that means i'm picking at six and then every 12th pick so i have pick six then 18 then 30 then 42 and etc so i'll go through that so i'm on the clock and i'll let you know how this shaped up the, the adp here we go so the first person selects odell beckham he's the number one player on the board uh for the mock drafts, he went number one in all five mock drafts. This is based off five mock draft drafts amongst the people. He went number one in all mock drafts. The number two, we have a new number two in Dynasty ADP, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. Can't argue it. Love everybody knows I love Nook. He's one of my favorite players in all of fantasy football. I just can't wait till he gets actually a really good QB and some players around him. I think Lamar Miller is going to help him out a lot. So. I can't argue that DeAndre Hopkins picked there. Then goes Antonio Brown, Allen Robinson, and then here at number five, right before I pick goes Julio Jones. And if this was a real uh, league, I'd probably be desperately trying to trade up here one pick. Not desperately, but I'd be trying to trade up here to get Julio. Julio to me is still one of my top two. I think my rankings right now have Julio number one. I probably have to change that out. But again, you're talking about a guy who is uh, 27 years old, he caught 136 balls last year for 1,871 yards with eight touchdowns. That's his second most catches and his second most yards in league history. History. Uh, he just turned 27 too, so it's not like he's too old. You got four more years of Julio. Those numbers are astronomical. Uh, I think he finished the number two fantasy receiver. So for him slipping all the way to five, I'd be salving and trying to move up one spot where I don't think it'd be that costly. Uh, to get Julio, but I can't do that here, so I let Julio just slip out my fingertips, but I'm still happy with who ends up here. I get Amari Cooper. I take Amari Cooper at six. Um, it's between him and Sammy Watkins here for me. That's that's who I'd be debating between. Uh, both young, but, you know, Cooper's only 21. Doesn't turn 22 until June. This is a young guy who's run some of the best routes that I've ever seen coming out of college. He got 72 balls last year, and that's coming off the um, he had a foot injury at the end of the year where he didn't really excel for those last couple of three games, but he still caught 72 balls with over 1,000 yards, had 1,070 yards and six touchdowns. His rookie year. The guy's only going to get better. They re-signed Crabtree. They got Derek Carr there. Clive Walford's going to get better. They're probably going to address running back in the draft. They have Latavius there as well. Amari Cooper's a stud. I have no problem whatsoever having him be the key cornerstone of my franchise. Because in four years from right now, this guy could be the number one overall fantasy receiver in the NFL. So I'm happy with having Amari Cooper here. Again, I'd have been a little bit happier if I picked that five slot and got Julio Jones. I would have been a little bit happier. But hey, this is the ADP. This is the pick I got. 
This is the way it went down. I'm rolling with it. So Mark Cooper my first pick. All right. And then if you want to know the top 12 ADP after that, go Todd Gurley, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, Le'Veon Bell, and then Rob Gronkowski starts to slip now, finally reaching 12 ADP. Again, he's going to be 28. Injury history slides down there. Uh, I get it. I understand it. I'd still take Gronkowski over uh, Le'Veon Bell for sure. I understand Todd Gurley kind of makes sense at this point in his career, but still, I would argue taking Gronk ahead of him. Heck, I would argue taking uh, Des Bryant, Alshon, Keenan, A.J. Green ahead of those guys. That, ra- that, that rounds that up. So then I move down to my second overall pick. Okay? This is going to be the 23rd overall pick in the draft. I mean, I'm at, this is the 18th pick in the draft, my second round pick. And sitting here, to me, the, who's actually had the next player for ADP-wise that went is Devontae Parker. And I'm thinking Devontae Parker, you know, Jarvis Landry's a PPR machine, and this is what I'm doing this on, uh, PPR rankings. And I can go Josh Gordon, who I still love here, Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not thinking David Johnson. But the pick would be Devontae Parker. 23 years old, 80-inch wingspan, 6'3", 218. And he's going to, he's not only not going to, but he has Adam Gase coming in. And Adam Gase likes to throw the ball. And not only does he like to throw the ball, he likes to throw the ball to his number one receiver a lot, Demarius Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey. He made sure that those guys got the ball. He would, they were heavily targeted. And Devontae Parker finished uh, the season strong. He had double-digit points his last three games in fantasy football. And again, he's 6'3", amongst a bunch of receivers that aren't that tall, besides Jordan Cameron. And Jordan Cameron's a ghost, because I don't even know where that dude is. I don't see him doing anything. So I see a big step forward. It's a little bit of a risk. It's a little bit of a risk here, but a, a risk I'm willing to take, because I'm a believer. I'm not, to me, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, man, I got to take Devontae Parker here. If I want to play it safe, I could take Jarvis Landry. I could take somebody else. But I'm taking Devontae Parker, and I'm feeling really good about it. So that gives me two uh, receivers over, under the age of 23, and I feel great. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down here. So my next pick for my third overall pick is not going to be until pick 30. So it's coming down here to pick 30, and I'm looking who's on the board. All right, I can take Dante Moncrief, uh, and had a little bit of injury last year, but still had over 700 yards, and I like Moncrief a lot, and I'm really considering him here. Really am. Andrew Luck uh, is going to be healthy again next year. So I think Dante Moncrief is going to be a good player. If I had to take down Moncrief here, I'd be really happy about it as my third receiver. Again, I'm on my third receiver here. And I'm still thinking receiver. I'm not thinking running back here. Still, Lamar Miller's on the board. Do I like him? I like him. But I'm, I'm not taking him. Devontae Freeman just went. Devontae Freeman, who I just missed out on, uh, I wouldn't take. Laquan Treadwell went right before this pick as well. So, again, Andrew Luck's here. I can go number one uh, quarterback on the board if I want to. Again, I'm not thinking about it. John Brown, who I really like a lot, uh, over 1,000 yards last year. And Jeremy Macklin, who's one of the most underrated fantasy players out there, was uh, virtually a wide receiver one last year, who's still young, who scored, uh, I think it was around nine touchdowns in an offense that somebody said they couldn't throw touchdowns in. So I'm really leaning here. Like I, I, I would really think about Jeremy Macklin. But again, I have I have two receivers here that I feel good about, and I'm gonna gamble again here. I'm gonna go Doriel Green Beckham, twenty two, six five, two sixty seven. I'm a big Doriel Green Beckham fan. Marcus Mariota showed me enough last year where he could be a number one there. They add Rashard Matthews as well. I th- and they get Demarco Murray. I think Doriel Green Beckham. Maybe not this year, but again, he's my wide receiver three here. But as this plays out, you'll see what my starting lineup ends up being. But he's my wide receiver three. So I can look going forward about filling that out somewhere else, maybe with an older receiver later. But I'm taking talent here. I'm taking upside here. So in the startup draft, I'm not thinking, oh, this guy has to be my third receiver starting. I don't have to look at it that way. I know some people are going to slip because of age. I know I'm going to be able to get like a solid player later that can contribute. That would be a really solid number three player that I can get later strictly because he's over 30 years old. So I'm taking DGB where possibly I could start him this year, but in maybe two years, I have one of the best receiving cores in the entire league 
that's just going to dominate. So again, Doriel Green Beckham, 22 years old, 6'5", Tennessee, starting to build an offense down there around Marcus Mariota. It's only going to get better. If Rashard Matthews, who I'm a fan of, doesn't pan out, they're going to find somebody that will. Okay? So right now, I took three receivers with my first three picks. I have Amari Cooper, Devontae Parker, and Doriel Green Beckham. I'm young. I'm really young. But I didn't, I'm not doing what I did earlier. I'm like, oh, well, I'm young, and I'm looking down the road. I'm young, and I'm, I'm feeling good going into 2016. And some people are like, well, what is Devontae Parker showing you? Again, I'm a fan. He's shown me enough where I think he could be, maybe this year he finishes a low-end wide receiver too, but he's still a wide receiver too. And I got to comprehend that and make up for it with this team I built around him. So with my fourth pick uh, at 42, I feel great about this pick. This is something I was kind of eyeing around this pick. It, if I had a feel that he was going to go earlier, I might have even reached a little bit earlier, but that's why you use ADP. I have ADP here. I'd be using ADP just to see where these guys are going anyway to see where I can grab players. Because if, if I known I couldn't get this guy at 42, I might have reached at the third just because of my theory, and that's Tyler Eifert. I take Tyler Eifert here. I'm still not going running back yet. I'm taking somebody who not only was a stud last year, he's still only 25 years old, all right, doesn't turn 26 till November, had 13 touchdowns last year, and Marvin Jones, Muhammad Sanu, they take off. So it's A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert. So those touchdowns to me, they're not going to stop. The guy is just a stud. He's my number two overall tight end. So I'm getting him fourth uh, in the fourth round. I have somebody who I have as my number two overall tight end who's going to score tons of points for me. I feel great about it. I got that tight end that I really wanted. So now I have four really good receiving options on my team, which moves down to the fifth round. Now, when you get down to the fifth round, things are starting to get a little bit more murky. And you'll see, man, this is what we say all the time about having like really good players on your team and you can't have enough of them. And where draft picks, you just can't be going giving away draft picks because even after five rounds, things start to get a little shaky. And every round, it gets a little bit worse, a little bit worse. And by the time you get to the ninth round, you're like, ugh, I don't want any of these guys. Really, I mean, that's where it gets right around the ninth round, uh, which is, for me would be pick 90 or pick 102. I apologize. And I'm thinking, ugh, none of these guys really overly intrigue me. So right there, fourth round, pick 42, I take Tyler Eifert. I mean, I could take in Thomas Rawls there. I could have taken TJ Yeldon, Alan Hearns, Doug Martin. Again, I'm not taking running backs here either. I don't want to miss out on my tight end here and end up with somebody who I don't like. Then it starts to get a big drop off. I could end up with Jordan Reed after that and feel good about it, but I want a stud. I want somebody who's going to dominate. I want somebody that I can rely on every single week. So when I get to the fifth round, I'm at at pick 54, and now I'm ready to attack the running back spot. So again, I missed out on the stud running backs, but I'm taking a player here who I believe can be a running back one going into 2016. That's Carlos Hyde. He's 25, turns 25 in November at least, and he's going to he's in a Chip Kelly offense right now that has no quarterback who's a run-first offense, a fast-paced run-first offense. Carlos Hyde, to me, fits really well in that zone-blocking scheme. He catches the ball well, and he's still young. He's 25, so I can still get that three- to four-year windows out of Carlos Hyde. I'd be really happy with three, and I think this is a year for Carlos Hyde. He's going to take a big step and possibly be that high-end running back one. I think he's going to thrive in Chip Kelly's offense, and I'm feeling really, really good about it here. I could have taken somebody like Eddie Lacy. I could have taken Mark Ingram. I could take Adrian Peterson here or C.J. Anderson. Melvin Gordon, but I'm taking Carlos Hyde over all of those guys because I'm a believer. Now, again, this could be something where my whole team blows up. Devontae Parker's a turd. DGB's just a big guy. Tyler Arthur gets hurt, and Carlos Hyde gets hurt, and he's a bum, and then my team's in shambles. Yeah, well, you know, poop happens, but I, I, w- I don't go into that believing that. You can say that about any team. Anybody can get hurt. And to me, Carlos Hyde, who was my top rookie bet running back just a couple of years ago, is now my number one running back on this team, and I feel great about it. Great about it. So moving on to the sixth round, pick 66. I'm taking my first rookie of the, the draft. Again, not taking another running back. I'm taking my fourth receiver. And where I said I'm not going to get any instant return on DGB, 
I'm certainly not getting any instant return on this receiver. But to me, the risk is worth the reward here. And I'm taking Michael Thomas out of Ohio State. Again, big receiver. I'm a big fan of him. I think he has a lot of potential. I don't know where he's going to end up yet. But again, the ceiling is there. The ceiling is there. I could take him Doug Baldwin, but I don't want Doug Baldwin. All right? I want somebody who has, that can surpass Doug Baldwin and go higher. I could take an Eric Decker here. But, you know, and I, could, I could take Eric Decker. And Eric Decker's my number three receiver. That's pretty sweet. But I'm not, again, I'm not doing it. I have a plan in place. I'm still staying young. I'm taking a rookie here. I'm taking Michael Thomas. Somebody got stashed on my roster, not worry about right away and let him just develop. And eventually, again, have possibly, I'm, I'm kind of backing up that GGP pick. I want to make sure that I have stud receivers for a long time. So the more young stud receivers I can get on here, the better it's going to increase my odds. So right now I have four really young receivers. Four. So at least if two of them are turning to be really top, you know, top tier tight end receivers, I'm still in a really good place. And if one of them ends up, ends up being a wide receiver three, and one of them busts out, then I'm still in a really good place. But I'm not drafting these guys thinking that. I'm thinking that I have four tight, you know, top 12 wide receivers here in three to four years, which might be put me in a position to fill any other need that I possibly have. So now moving on to the seventh round. Now, in the seventh round, again, I said I'm not taking a quarterback too early, but this is the quarterback that I was targeting the entire time. I'm using ADP to see where he's going, where he's, where he's falling to, and I could take in somebody like Jeremy Hill here to get my other running back. I could have taken Gio Bernard, LaShawn McCoy, uh, even like somebody like Matt Jones. I could have taken some of those guys and filled out my number two running back spot, but there's another running back that I, I feel like I can get in the next round that I'd be just as happy with as any of those guys. So I'm taking my quarterback here. I'm taking Jameis Winston. Now, if you listen to the podcast last year, you know how big of a fan I am of Jameis Winston. When I say Jameis Winston, I'm telling you, you think Andrew Luck. You think stud. Stud for a long time. Now, this is coming from somebody who's had Drew Brees on their roster for like 14 years. Hasn't had to worry about quarterback for 14 years. I say four years is a lifetime. 14 years. If Drew Brees was my son and he was born, he'd be able to, I'd be I'd be starting to teach this dude how to drive. All right. That's how long me and Drew Brees have been together in the Dynasty Nerds League. Fourteen years I've had him as my quarterback. All the way back to the the San Diego Charger days. I've always been a fan of Drew Brees coming out of Purdue. Uh always thought he was gonna be a stud. And I'm taking Jameis Winston though here. Twenty two years old, just turned twenty two in January. This is a guy that rushed for 213 yards and six touchdowns last year he threw for 4042 yards his rookie year his rookie year love it 22 touchdowns 15 interceptions i feel like i just filled my quarterback spot for the next 10 years minimum and something that's going to be highly successful something i truly believe in and again last year he was startable last year and quarter, what's nice about quarterback here, if I take Jameis Winston, if you want to and you, you want to go that high upside, you can easily back him up with like a Tom Brady and Drew Brees, someone who's really, you know, who's older, who only has a couple of years left, way later down in the draft. You, you know, you, wanna, you can go like round 14, 15 and grab somebody later to back him up and start like a Drew Brees and Tom Brady above him for a year or two. But I'd feel comfortable starting Jameis Winston today. And he would be my starting line wide receiver today. Sorry, quarterback. So, again, why am I not taking Andrew Luck earlier? Why am I not taking Russell Wilson earlier? Because I can get Jameis Winston here at pick 78 in the seventh round, who's somebody who I think will surpass Russell Wilson fantasy points. And I think Jameis Winston will compete with Andrew Luck for years of being one of the top end fantasy dynasty quarterbacks. Okay. I think. Uh, Jameis Winston's going to get to that point where he'll be mentioned in like that Drew Brees, Peyton Manning kind of guys that you want when it comes to quarterback. And now I just locked him up for a very, very long time. So then we enter the eighth round, and then I'm finally going to get my second running back. And I'm taking Duke Johnson here at pick 90. I'm taking Duke Johnson, and I'm smiling. I'm thinking Hugh Jackson. I'm thinking they don't have a strong passing game. Hugh Jackson had Gio Bernard down there in Cincinnati, and he, know how to, he knew how to utilize Gio Bernard. 
And I like Duke Johnson in that role. I like Duke Johnson as a successful PPR running back. I feel like he's going to be a mid uh, running back two, possibly with the, if it works out right, high end running back two in a PPR league. He might even flirt with running back one numbers just because it's a PPR league if he can get enough catches. And for me to have a running back two right out the gates is not out the gate, but as Duke Johnson is my number two running back on my team, I feel really comfortable getting that. And again, I didn't take my second running back here all the way till pick 90. So that gives me Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. I'm sure some of you guys are like, Rich, your running backs are terrible. What have they done? Well, they haven't done much, but in 2016, I feel I'll be looking back, smiling, waiting. And again, I'm surrounding these guys with tons of talent behind there. I already have four receivers before I take my second running back here. And my goal here is looking forward is what I'm thinking. The thought process is, you know, what what I want to do is I want to load up on those good young receivers early and then take a lot of young, maybe an older running back here, you know, maybe one, possibly two older running backs, but then start gambling on a lot of rookie running backs. So as these receivers fall off and somebody may have taken two running backs, now they're freaking out because they have no receivers. They don't have a tight end because Tyler Eifert's off the board. Jordan Reed's off the board. They need a tight end too. They have these running backs, but everywhere else it stinks. Their team's not as strong because they took these running backs early. And when these running backs are out of the league in two to three years, well, your team's starting to be a little bit of shambles. When you, when, if you back up and you have these really young receivers and if my running back doesn't pan out, I can draft one in my rookie draft and plug and play. Again, huge asset to have. And then say Michael Thomas turns into a stud wide receiver one and, I, and all my other receivers panned out. I could trade Michael Thomas for the 1-1 pick or, you know, 1-3 pick and grab a really good rookie running back to throw in here. But I take Duke Johnson. I feel good about it. I feel solid about it. So coming with the ninth round, pick 102, I'm taking Marvin Jones. Now, Marvin Jones here, I again, I feel he's somebody that just signed in Detroit. There's no Calvin Johnson. He's only 26 years old. I'm getting him all the way down here at pick 102 in the ninth round. Again, if I can't slide in DGB here, which I might not start, I'm definitely not starting him week one. I have Marvin Jones, who's 6'2". He's only 26 years old, so it's nothing crazy there. He signed for a five-year, $40 million contract with $17 million guaranteed, so he's going to get an opportunity. And this is a guy who, in 2013, he had 10 touchdowns. So, again, he's somebody that's going to be a red zone threat being 6'2". It's going to be him and Eric Ebron. And I think I'm getting a really good value here. And, and with my ninth pick, I pick 102. You give me Marvin Jones. And, again, a younger receiver at 26. So that gives me five receivers right now. I have it are 26 and under. You know, Michael Thomas is young. DGB is young. And this goes back. DGB is my third over, you know, my third round pick, pick 30. But pick 102 here is going to start over DGB. So then we go down to pick 114. This is my 10th round pick. All right. And my 10th round pick is going to be Devontae Booker. Now I'm thinking here, you know, Chris Ivory's on on the board. And I'm thinking Chris Ivory, he's 28. They just signed him to good money. He's going to be their red zone running back, even though on a team that got away, for, they like to throw the ball a lot inside the 20 in the red zone. Ivory's going to be that guy in there. He's going to help me right away. But at the same time, I'm thinking running back, let's go upside here. Let's go Devontae Booker. So I take Devontae Booker over at Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory's more of a sure thing. I don't know where Devontae Booker is going to end up, but I'm still taking him here because the unknowns enticing to me. So I take Devontae Booker. Gives me another running back, PPR back, that I might be able to get a year or two out of and help me win a championship. And then coming right back here in the 11th pick, pick 126, I'm doing the same thing. I'm taking Paul Perkins. So now I have Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, Devontae Booker, Paul Perkins. Two rookie running backs, two young legs, two guys that catch the ball well. Again, this is PPR, so I'm thinking about guys that can catch the ball. I'm adding another running back to the roster. And see what I did here was, I took all my receiving options, and now I'm gambling on some of these rookie run, these rookie backs. Remember, these young backs come later down the season; they're the ones that help you out. Now I'm thinking down the road; they're going to be there. They're going to be there down the road as well. Then I get to pick 138, 12th round. I take Gary Barnage, older guy, 30 years old, back up to Tyler Eifert. But again, now I have the number two and number three overall fantasy tight ends last year. Hugh Jackson put Eifert in a position for success. Cleveland doesn't have a lot of receiving options. And guess what? Hugh Jackson's now the head coach in Cleveland. He's going to be their offensive coordinator there as well. I think Gary Barnage is still going to be a solid option here. 
So I have Tyler Eifert and Gary Barnage. Two good tight ends here. Barnage doesn't have long-term value, but he has media value this year to help me try and get to the ship this year. Goes to my next pick in the 13th round. That gives me pick 150 overall, and I'm taking Alfred Morris. Again, I didn't take running backs early, and now this late in the 13th round, I get someone like Alfred Morris, who's going to go to Dallas with a great offensive line and have good opportunity this year. So, again, 13th round pick. I might be starting Alfred Morris week one. Most likely not. We'll see what happens in the preseason. But as of right now, I have somebody, you know, who I took as my fifth running back who I can start and use this year and help me out this year. So it gives me Alfred Morris. Enter the 14th round, pick 162. Guess who's on the board? Matty Ice. That's right. Why don't you take quarterbacks early? Because you get somebody like Matt Ryan at pick 162. Now, Matt Ryan was a little inconsistent, but again, he doesn't have a lot of options. You know, Julio Jones caught all his balls. But you expect, I know they signed Mohamed Sanu. They have Justin Hardy. You expect them to get some more weapons for Matt Ryan here. So Matt Ryan's my backup quarterback. Again, Matt Ryan's my backup. I feel good about it. Pick 174, pick 15. I take Sharone Peak, six foot two, two oh nine, out of Clemson. Big, fast receiver. At 50 catches for 716 yards and five yard uh, butt touchdowns last year. Again, I'm going upside. I'm taking a rookie here. Has some uh, some upside value. Uh, it's pick 15 in the 15th round. I got nothing to lose here. All right. If it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. So my cut make more roster space. But another young receiver that I can take here at the back end of my draft. When I get to the 16th round, pick 186, I'm taking Spencer Ware. Again, just somebody here who last year I liked more than Turkandrick West. Now, I know he didn't play in the playoffs versus the Patriots, but this is a guy that averaged 5.6 yards per carry. Jamal Charles is injury-prone. He's, he's older now, and he's somebody that can't be trusted. And I think Spencer Ware is better suited to offset Jamal Charles than Tarkandrick West. Again, 5.6-point average. This guy's going to be like my sixth running back, all right? Uh, yeah, he's my sixth running back. So as a gamble... If I can get a couple good starts out of uh, Spencer Ware, I feel real, really good about it. Maybe I could trade him to the Jamal Charles owner down the road. Coming with the next pick, pick 198, 17th round. I take another rookie, Jared Goff. Uh, do I need a quarterback here? No, but he's the best player on my board. And somebody who now, since I have Matt Ryan, I have Jameis Winston, I can let him sit. I like Jared Goff coming into this draft. I think he'd be a solid quarterback. Somebody I could have is just sit in the back end of my roster and let him develop. If he turns into something good, I can package him, move him down the road. Uh, worst case, he comes into a superstar, and then I'm and then I'm loaded with him and Jameis, and I can make another move. Now, here's where it gets interesting, and where I was talking about earlier. Pick 210 in the 18th round. Nobody wants him. I select him. Steve Smith, Baltimore Ravens. He retired, unretired. Now he's back. Ready to help out. Remember, he was a stud last year until he got hurt. He was dominating. He was like a top five fantasy receiver. Will that happen again this year? Maybe not. They have nobody else to throw the ball to. They have like 17 tight ends. They got they got the Baldwin Predator and Prashad Perriman. But they don't have a lot of options out there. They got tor- they got uh Mike Wallace who likes to run deep with his with his no contact rules. So I'm taking Steve Smith here. Again. Some of you I'm taking in the eight, uh, 18th round, well, I'm probably going to start week one. It'd be between him and Marvin Jones. So I would have Amari Cooper, Devontae Parker. Even if I'm worried about Devontae Parker, I can go Amari Cooper, Marvin Jones, and Steve Smith. But I'm probably starting Steve Smith in year one. And if he's somebody that can help me compete in year one and try and win a ship and I'm getting the 18th round, I don't care if I just get one year out of him. I'll take that one year and win some ball games with it. Going to the 19th round, again, somebody real old. He's sitting here, pick 222. I'm taking D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams was one of the top fantasy running backs last year. Le'Veon Bell gets hurt every year, so why not take a running back here who I can end up starting week six, week nine, possibly in the championship game, all right? Show last year can do it. I know it's a whole new year, but again, I'm not really risking much here. And to top it out with pick 234, I'm taking Jarrell Adams. Rookie tight end, throw around uh, behind Gary Barnage. So by the time Gary Barnage is done, I have another tight end here 
that I can start behind Tyler Eifert. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I can always dress the tight end later. So that's 20 rounds. And how did my team shape up? At quarterback, I have Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff. At receiver, I have Amari Cooper, Devontae Parker, Doyle Green-Beckham, Michael Thomas from Ohio State, Marvin Jones, Jerome Peak from Clemson, and Steve Smith. At tight end, I have Tyler Eifert, Gary Barnage, Jarrell Adams. At running backs, I have Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, Devontae Booker, Paul Perkins, Alfred Morris, Spencer Ware, and D'Angelo Williams. So my starting lineup is probably looking like Jameis Winston, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, Amari Cooper, Devontae Parker, Steve Smith, and Tyler Eifert for week one. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be people out there to say, hey, that roster's terrible. I'm sure some people are like, wow, that's, that's pretty good from the sixth spot. Everybody's going to have their own opinions. Everybody's going to look at this ADP, and they would have done something different. But this is what I would have done. This is a team that I'd feel really good about at the sixth spot. And that's the sixth spot, so it's in the middle. You know, everything would change. You know, if I'm picking one spot ahead, I have Julio Jones. I'm going Julio Jones, Devontae Parker, Doriel Green-Beckham. Steve Smith, Marvin Jones, Michael Thomas in the background. Just the name of Julio alone makes it sound so much better. There's a lot of guys that you might like one in here. I want to show you the concept of how I would build a team and how I ended up not, you know, not taking a running back until the fifth round and then not taking again my second running back until the eighth round. And I still ended up with what I feel like is an okay running back core. Not okay. I feel pretty good because I feel like I have a wide running back one in Carlos Hyde and somebody who, is, who might be able to flirt with one running back one potential in two Johnson PPR leagues and two unknown rookies in Paul Perkins and Devontae Booker. I have Alfred Morris who, it's touchdown dependent, but he's going to Dallas, and that might be a really good opportunity. And D'Angelo Williams, who last year was a stud. So I end up with a pretty good even team. Three quarterbacks, three tight ends, and then I have uh, seven tight wide receivers, and I have seven running backs. I have a pretty well-balanced team here. So is there, you know, if, you, if your argument's like, oh, you have a lot of unknown on your team, there's, no, there's nothing known in the fantasy football world. There's nothing that's for sure. All right, so I'm going this with, I do my due diligence. I do my homework. I feel good about these players. These are players that I feel good about. This is a team that I feel good about. This is a team that I'd be bragging about. And people are like, oh, you don't do Johnson. Get out of here. Carlos High was hurt all last year. All right, well, Des Bryant was hurt all last year. You don't want Des Bryant? Yeah, I didn't think so. Le'Veon Bell got hurt last year, didn't really play. Do you want Le'Veon Bell? Of course you want Le'Veon Bell. So, again, these are guys that I feel really, really good about. And this is a team that I would feel not only is ready to compete this year, but for years and years to come. So, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. Let me know how good I did. Let me know how bad I did going off this ADP uh, draft. And make sure you get on DynastyNerds.com for all of your rankings, all of your Dynasty ADP, and all the fabulous, terrific most amazing articles on there on a daily basis and again if you want to participate in a mock draft hit up at dynasty adp kyle and now you have your rookie drafts and not going to be uh, too far in the future you hit up on twitter at rookie adp at rookie adp he will get you in all the rookie mock drafts that's at rookie adp that's dan uh been a tremendous add to the dynasty nerd staff uh, he's conducting those all month long as well. Going to give you really good practice in getting y'all prepped out for your rookie draft. Helps you not reach too much. Helps you know how the draft's going to kind of play out and gives you a good game, game plan. Again, all these mock drafts just make you a better dynasty player. And this is all, it's March, it's April. What else, what else are you going to do besides throwing trade offers? It's fun. They're slow drafts. They're done by email. And then you got a four-hour limit, and it's off between, like, midnight and 7 a.m. So you're good to go on timing. So hit up both those guys. Follow both those guys on Twitter. They're going to help you out a ton. And like I said, uh, make sure you go to DynastyNerds.com. Follow me on Twitter, at DynastyRich, if you have any Dynasty questions whatsoever. Uh, make sure you check out Dynasty Nerds for the forum. Make sure you get on there for pretty much every need you could possibly have. And if you want to support the website and you want to support the podcast again remember just these things cost money and we are 
dead set on keeping everything free for you guys. So I know we have a contribution page up there, and I think it says donations. You can sign up. If everybody that listened to this podcast donated $1 a month, just $1 a month, the things that we, we would do, we would probably be able to do the, the website would be even more astronomical. We could even bring in more writers and figure out more designs. Like we just redid our whole Ricky Rankins and well, that took, that took about a thousand hours to do. And again, any dollar that comes into the website goes right back into the, the website. I've never, I've never been paid five cents for anything that has to do with dynasty, dynasty nerds over the last two and a half years. So again, if you want to contribute that way, uh, we sure do appreciate it. And everybody that does donate a monthly uh, payment, we love you guys. If you want to donate some money to the site and help out the site and get a return on it, you can always buy one of the most awesome t-shirts in the world, increase that high five intake, and buy a tri-blend, the most comfortable shirt in the world, Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Again, every two t-shirts we sell pays for the podcast for a month. And if you just want to support the podcast, which uh, two more people do this week, by giving us a rating review on iTunes, again, that helps the podcast out in more ways than I can describe. Uh, I encourage anybody that you know to have an iPhone, take it from them. Give us a ranking. Give us a review. Let us know what you think in the podcast. I read every single one of those. I think I look every two to three days to see if there's a new ranking review on there just because they, uh, they make me feel like we're doing a good job. And you guys really appreciate us. They like us. They literally like us. Well, we like you too. So, again, uh, don't want to sound like a salesman here, though, but I got to say it every week again. Uh, dynastyners.com support us love us because we love you we're gonna keep pumping out all this great content for you so until then next week when i'm back with the usual matt o'hara maybe michael zipovich just stopped by here uh we'll talk to you next week we'll probably be talking more rookies but until then stay safe have a good one later ready set Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.